Welcome to Season 4 of the Rural Mum Podcast. We're kicking off with an exciting addition to our lineup, a dedicated Tuesday section to homesteading. Today, our first guest is the incredible Lizzie from Mandurin, New South Wales. She started with homemade preserves in her kitchen and Lizzie's journey took off into a remarkable turn during the Buy to the Bush movement. Tune in to discover how she expanded her product range and secured in-store stockists, getting ready for an inspiring episode filled with stories of growth, community support and the heartwarming success of a rural entrepreneur. But before we jump into today's episode with Lizzie, let's hear a shout out for today's supportive link, Thermomix. Thermomix is a kitchen aid that can really help rural mums and those who are needing and wanting to eat more healthy, cooking from scratch and incredibly and using the online Cookie Do subscription, which is a cookbook at your fingertips attached to your machine, where you can try hundreds of thousands of recipes from all over the globe in your very own kitchen. Many of the rural mums who have been interviewed on the Rural Mum have and do use a Thermomix. They all speak so highly of it and have said that it has made their farm journey whether they're homesteading or whether they're just cooking for their family and farmer, a more achievable and easier goal as the majority of the work is done by the Thermomix. It also means that they can restock their pantry staples from home without having to buy additional stock or additional ingredients. They have it already in their pantry ready to go. Now let's get into today's episode. Hi and welcome to the farm. Today we're talking about homesteading and my guest today is Lizzie. Welcome Lizzie. Thank you Katya, nice to be here. Tell us a little bit about your beautiful business and how you got into preserving. So my business is called The Dill Tickle and I make uh, pickles and jams in small batches using seasonal produce. So um, I do all the making when that particular produce is in season and if it's not in season then I'm not making it. So obviously because it's just me doing it, I try to um, go as hard as I can in terms of make as much as I can and have a really good stockpile so that obviously then I can sell it for as, as long as I can throughout the year but things do go out of stock because obviously there's only so much that I can make and then um, once it's it's gone it's gone so I really try and encourage people that if they love something to you know stock up because that's the beauty of seasonal produce and, and also obviously by using seasonal produce it's always going to be the best quality at that time um, and I think in the world that we live in because you can obviously buy watermelon all year round people don't necessarily think about the seasonality of produce and that sort of stuff so I think that that's important as well like knowing that things go out of stock and whatever it, it 
reinforces the fact that yes, seasonality is important and that's when you're working with the best. Um, yeah, so that's, and I don't grow, I don't really grow a lot of the produce here. I mean, we do have a veggie patch, but it does find itself being neglected quite a lot because I'm in the kitchen making and people always say that to me, oh, do you grow everything as well? No, my talent is in the making rather than the growing, but we do grow a bit, like for my spicy green sauce, which is made using green tomatoes, I grow the green tomatoes. Once they start to ripen, I'm, they never seem to last as well, but the green tomatoes I can grow and I grow beetroot and we do a bit of cucumbers and that sort of stuff, but I try and <clears throat> source a lot of it. Locally, we have a friend in town in Mandurin who has an amazing veggie patch, so he grows a lot of my summer produce for me, cucumbers, tomatoes. Um, I get apricots from an orchard in Orange out the back of my dad's house. They've been really wonderful. They just let me get in there and pick as many as I like. Um, what else? Yeah, I get, so I try and source as much as I can from other like friends and family and that sort of thing growing. And then what I can't, what, what I don't get from people, I buy from Mick and Paul's in Dubbo, which is obviously a family owned green grocers and um, they're wonderful and they, and they also stock my products there. So yeah, that's really great. And they're really good at, um, you know, they're onto it. As soon as something's coming in fresh in season, they're like, it's, it's here, Lizzie, get, get into it. So yeah, it's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so how did you get into preserving? So it's been a lifelong passion, really, which is where the name the dill tickle came from because I used to call pickles dill tickles and I used to just walk around like I would get home from school and just walk around with a jar of pickled onions and stab them with a fork and eat pickled onions and gherkins and all of that sort of stuff. So I've always loved pickles and I've always loved condiments and sauces and that's always been like a running joke in the family. And mum is a great cook and she didn't, I, I don't remember her doing as much pickling when I was young, but more like preserving, so like Fowler's Vicola preserving fruit and she would always make marmalade. Um, so I think that was just, it was sort of always there. And then I was a single girl in my 20s living in Sydney and I, like that sort of for me when I really got into cooking and um, I actually did a, I did a, like a Julie and Julia challenge and did a whole recipe and cooked every recipe in one cookbook in a year and wrote a blog about it and that was sort of my kind of entry into a real love of cooking and then I just one day I don't know why but I bought some plums and I was like I'm gonna make plum jam I'd made a bit of chutney mum had a chutney recipe so I'd done that a few times anyway I bought some plums and I made plum jam and it set smack bang perfectly and I was like Look at me go. I'm so good at this. What are these people talking about when you can't get a, a, a jam to set? You know, this is great. And so I think I had a little bit too much confidence to begin with after that go with plum jam. But anyway, so I started making more and more. And my whole thing was when I would go to someone's house for dinner or whatever, I would always take a jar of something homemade. And it just snowballed. And I loved it. And then I left Sydney and I moved to Orange. And obviously there was a lot more produce going around. And... I would go and pick strawberries at the Huntley Berry Farm and I tried strawberry jam, I'd get cherries and do cherry jam. So it sort of just evolved from there and same thing, I would just take it to people and everyone started to say, you need to do something with this, you need to turn this into to something, you know, you, you've, got, you've got something here. And I'm very risk averse and not particularly confident with that sort of stuff, so I was like, as if, like I'm not going to start my own business. And then I met Dave and I moved out here to the farm. 
And I had Harry and, you know, we're 80Ks from Dubbo. There weren't a lot of work opportunities. And so I met up with a couple of girlfriends who had various types of small businesses and they were just really positive and really encouraging and were just like, really, you've got nothing to lose and you don't have a huge outlay to begin with. Just start small and see how it goes. And I had a couple of friends who owned small shops or providors and they were all like, if you do it, we'll stock your stuff, no questions asked. And so I was like, well, I may as well give it a go. I've got nothing to lose really, other than, you know, my own confidence if it all falls apart. And so I did, I just sort of slowly figured it out and I kind of figured out what my first few products would be in the range and sent samples off to these friends who'd said that they would stock it and then got labels, you know, had a logo designed, got it all sorted and and then I, you know, started really small, had four stockers to begin with in Millthorpe, Inverell, Dubbo and Walgett and then Buy From The Bush happened and... The girls featured me on there probably about a month into their kind of campaign launching and obviously pre when they had the marketplace and that sort of stuff. So um, I remember the day that I um, they posted the deal tickle and they texted me to say, oh, we're just FYI, we're about to feature you. And everything just went crazy. And I didn't sell through my website back then. It was just literally I had the four stockists anyway. <laughs> I had to very quickly get like a cut and paste sentence, like paragraph that I could send back to everyone. And it just kind of took off. And I'm forever grateful that I kind of had that exposure. And then, but I've always been tried to be really realistic about what I can actually do because it is just me. And then, and I was pregnant with Edie at the time and then I had Edie. So it was very much about like, just do what you can manage. And it's just slowly evolved and grown from there and I've added you know more products into my range and I've obviously had a lot more stockists and some have come and gone and now I've just recently like a month ago launched my website and now people can buy it direct from me so it's been a and that's four years down the track so it's been a very slow burn to get to where I am today but that works for me like as I said I'm quite risk averse so that's just kind of been the way it goes but through it all and my husband and my friends would vouch for this. It's always been about that love of food and pickles and preserves and sharing that with other people. And I think that's the thing is the feedback that I always... It's that people love it because it's good quality and, you know, it is made in small batches so people know that it's kind of a unique product. And I love that I can share that with people and, yeah, that's, and that's what's kind of most important. You mentioned earlier that your mum used for cola jars, but yeah. you use a different jar. So can you talk us through why that jar choice and the difference in the jars? Well, I guess um, with the Fowler's for cola, so I've never really used it. I've only ever seen mum use it. But for me, I see it as a much kind of, it's bigger, like you're preserving in a bigger sense. And, um, you know, it's things like a lot of stone fruit, like mum has like big jars of preserved peaches and pears and, and that sort of stuff. Whereas... I guess what I'm doing by making sauces and jams, it's kind of different. And um, in terms of like, I guess the preservation and longevity of the products, it's it's that heat sealing. And obviously that's the whole point with Fowler's and the water baths and all that sort of stuff. Whereas the way that I seal my products is like 
hot stuff into hot jars and sealed immediately and you get that heat seal immediately that way so and again for me that that was like a lot of trial and error and before I kind of add any new products to my range I'll be making them a year earlier and then having them in like the back of my pantry for a year and checking them after three months like open a jar then yep fine check it after six months same thing to make sure that when I'm actually then selling it to other people and putting a best before on that I can vouch for the fact that yeah. it has that shelf life and that sort of stuff so but I mean it is it is because it's one of those things like um high sugar content and obviously vinegar in the pickles it, it helps it makes it very easy to, <laughs> to kind of know that you're safe in that sense I guess because yeah. obviously we're and I think that's the other thing like that preserving of stuff like in the Fowler's Bacola is it's a different kind of preserving there's yeah. not really sugar you're obviously using just the natural sugars in those fruits and that sort of stuff so it is quite different and I yeah I don't know if you can get Fowler's in smaller jars but I always picture them as those big ones whereas obviously with mine and I, I get my jars from um, a company in Molong. So, again, I tried to kind of keep that local and, and support pack. them. Yeah, <laughs> from Centre Pack. So, and I just get um, a pallet of jars delivered probably every two months and, yeah, work my way through those. And they've been really great and it's nice to be able to support them, actually. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good. They use Centre Pack as well. Yeah, they <laughs> They're good. great. Yeah. So, is there any advice you would have for someone who is starting pickling and preserving straight up like, yeah at the start I mean I get I get a lot of people who contact me and ask me for tips and that sort of stuff and I always feel like a total fraud because I'm like oh, I don't know I'm just muddling through myself um I mean I think for me like I guess in the in the basic sense of all of that sort of stuff obviously all of that stuff around like heat sealing and obviously that is so important and obviously sterilization of your jars and all of that sort of stuff so that's obviously the big thing and then, you know, in terms of brines and whatever, just getting, you know, getting your quantities right in terms of like the sugar content and all that sort of stuff. Obviously some things require more sugar, others less. Um, and, and for me, it really is just a case of trial and error. So obviously I'm very lucky that I have friends and family who are happy to be my taste testers and <laughs> trial new products for me and, and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's probably the main thing. And I, I would also say just try and let the produce speak for itself. Like, And again, if you're doing it seasonally, it should speak for itself. You shouldn't really need to add, like, my, I don't do, you know, like, something and something jam. It is just apricot jam or strawberry yeah. jam. And don't get me wrong, I love, you know, it's great to obviously add in. And I have done that, like, I did a marmalade that had you know, thyme and ginger and all of that sort of stuff. And I still do all of that, but I do think that there is an element of in in pickles and preserving, yeah, let it let the flavours speak for themselves. It's obviously, yeah, and particularly if you're doing it seasonally, that's the point. You don't have to add a ton of no, spices or... No, like, you know, keep it simple because the flavour is already there. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. When... When we're joining homesteading and preserving together, yeah. we are quite a distance away from town when we're living on farm. Yeah. So have you found that it, it meshes quite nicely between being here on the farm as and away from our services and, and supermarkets that it actually bolsters up, you know, your food and your menu and, and what it is that you serve here on the farm? You've 
Yeah, I think so. And I mean, we obviously, um, we kill our own meat, not, not beef, but lamb we do. And obviously that's, it's so nice to obviously be able to then, you know, cook and eat your own meat, which I think is really important. And obviously a, a treat for people who do live on their own farm, because obviously not everyone gets to experience that. So yeah, I mean, I think that's really important. And again, I mean, I did say I'm not the best veggie grower, but we do what we can. <laughs> but I do. And I think it's, I think you have to put you you have to think about it more like because living out of town and obviously stocking up and having a well stocked pantry and multiple freezers and all of that sort of stuff you know you're always thinking ahead and I think again it comes back to knowing about the seasonality of stuff it's you have to think about it more because everything's not just at your fingertips yeah. it requires some thought and some planning and I mean we do like I try it doesn't always work but I try and kind of the week, not, it doesn't always work from like a Monday to Sunday, but the, you know, the night before I go to Dubbo to do a big shop, I'll try and menu plan for the week and figure out what we're going to eat and, you know, so that I'm not sort of wasting that much stuff. But I, I do always make the joke that ever since we got chooks, I'm not so worried about throwing the odd something that sat at the back of my crisper drawer for a week and gone bad or whatever, because at least I haven't bought eggs for about five years. So. Yeah. Yes, true. <laughs> so I feel less guilty about having to throw, you know, a few mouldy snow peas out if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. That's all my questions for this evening. Cool. Do you have anything else that you wish to share to people about pickling and preserving or homesteading? I mean, all I would say is when it comes to pickling and preserving, just give it a go. It's actually pretty straightforward and you really can't I mean yes you can stuff <laughs> you can and you can have a jam that doesn't set I've definitely had that happen on multiple occasions even after my winning plum jam where it all began but you know what use it as a syrup on ice cream I mean I've made in in trying to get my strawberry jam right for the dill tickle oh my god how many batches of strawberry jam did i make that were like a runny strawberry syrup yum strawberry syrup on your ice cream like you can't just have a go and you know if you've got an excess of something from your garden have a go turn it into something too much corn make a relish you yes. know just give it a go green tomatoes in excess try a green tomato pickle like there's just yeah you, you really you can just try anything and give it a go and it's and it's not you know once you get a good kind of pickle brine like a good brine in your ratios right and one that you like and you know look if you don't have mustard seeds or whatever throw in some peppercorns like you can anything goes really like just give it a go yeah yeah, yeah. well thank you lizzie for having us out here on the farm and talking to us about your business and about preserving and homesteading yeah my pleasure Absolutely.